Hey educators, welcome to or welcome back to Classroom Chatter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and share the show. Now, let's get to class. Hey educators, welcome to this week's Classroom Chatter. This week I don't have a guest, but instead I want to go over some things uh, that I have learned I'm a first year of teaching. This has been a crazy first year to start teaching, especially in a pandemic. Well, that being said, with all the changes that have happened, a lot of teaching has kind of stayed the same, just from my experience as a, as a student at West Virginia State University. So today, it's going to be pretty short and pretty quick, but I want to go over some five things that off the top of my head that have really stood out in my first year as an educator. So the first thing that I learned this year was nothing at all beats being prepared and, and having a solid plan. Now, I think there's levels to planning when I say this. And, and what I mean is that you can have one basic plan, but what if technology fails? What if you are remote that day? What if... Um, you don't have enough time, say you're on a two-hour delay, for example, um, and your lesson is to be over an hour long. So, again, it's best to have a backup plan or several backup plans uh, just because we want to have a lesson that flows well and keeps students' attention. And the reason why I say that is because now more than ever, students are distracted. And now more than ever, students are looking at you uh, for a source of normalcy and for uh, and for trust, realistically, because at home and outside in the world, everything, their whole world's been turned upside down. All their freedom has been taken away um, just for their own safety. <clears throat> and as adults, more often than not, we, we understand that. We, we get it. But if you are a student or a little kid, you wouldn't get that, uh, especially I'm thinking about the little, really little kids. They just wouldn't get that because, you know, one day they'd like to go to the park and, you know, it was maybe it was a crowded park. Now they can't go. Um, and it's probably a bad example. But anyways, I wanted to give an example there nonetheless. But essentially what I'm trying to say here is be flexible, um, you know, be prepared. Nothing beats preparation and also have several backup plans uh, beyond um, what you have. And I uh, give credit where credit is due. Uh, the Washington State University huge form lesson plan uh, that had several backup plans, they kind of ingrained, they, they ingrained that in us as students. So it kind of comes more natural to me to think that way, just because I had to do it over and over and over. And if I wouldn't have had that program, I probably wouldn't have thought that way, and, it, and this first year would have been a lot more difficult uh, than what it is for me. So my second point is all about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And one of the most important things in any classroom environment, whether it's in a pandemic or not, is to set the proper environment for your students. Okay, and one of my favorite educational theories is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And the reason why I say that is because it makes so much logical sense. And it also 
it also works. You can just see it happen. You can see the students really, you know, maybe a tentative student when they came into the classroom, they start to blossom and, and truly be, get the true authentic self of the student. That's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, but within Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what I've found out is that the, 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 the bottom three, or sorry, the top three, the first three things you need to cover in Maslow's are the most important. That's why it's the foundation, right? It's like a house. You want to have a strong and sturdy foundation before you put in the rest of it. Uh, so with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the first, the, the foundation, the strongest piece, the student has to have their physiological needs in place. And of course, that's air, water, food, shelter, clothing, sleep, stuff like that. And of course, a school for the most part, a school for the most part supplies that. So that's typically checked off. The next part is safety needs. And that's this is this falls on us. And this is a very, very important one. I think students have, have had their safety uh, taken out of their life. Again, we're in a pandemic still. Looks like we're on the back end of it. But that being said, a lot of the safety has um, been taken away. And now we're having to, <laughs> having to, uh, try things out and to also uh, be safe. But with that being said, the safety needs part falls on us. And that is where um, we create a loving and an environment to where all of the outside world is on the outside. When the student comes in the classroom, it's safe. Um, so again, uh, if we go to the home example with safety needs, uh, the student could feel all over the place because maybe maybe their parent unfortunately lost their job. It's something that's happened in the pandemic. Uh, maybe the resources are low because of the job. Uh, maybe they're in poverty. Maybe they're not eating as well. Uh, these are all things that can really bother us and make us feel groggy and not very good and, and, and really affect our safety. So again, that's why it's important when they come to our classroom, we have an open and kind in, environment to where they can take all their worries and they can just focus on learning and creating new friendships and improving as a human being. If we're not crossing all those three things off at the end of the day, I don't think we're typically doing our job and, and being the best teacher that we can be. And of course, I think the top three, you know, I think love and belonging and safety needs kind of go together. Um, I may be wrong here, but I think they go together because if you have a, uh, if you have an environment that's kind and loving and, and open, then I think the with the safety needs, I think friendship and, and learning and and feeling like you belong kind of goes together. And of course, if the student is having success and success in the classroom, uh, their esteem is going to go up, and also um, their self actualization. At the end of the day, we want them to find out what they want to be and how they can have success in the classroom, what their role is. I think we can get the pinnacle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs all within a classroom um, setting every single day. So again, Maslow's is just a beautiful thing. I've seen it before. I had a student last semester when I was teaching resource geometry who absolutely hated geometry at the end of the semester, um, absolutely loved it and loved the class. And, and so uh, Maslow's, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with it, please look into it. It's a really, really cool thing. And again, just have an open and safe environment.
Another thing I want to go over is Webb's depth of knowledge. And again, it's a huge, huge um, educational um, theory. And what I mean by that is it's something that has us think at the basic recall level and eventually goes to extended thinking. And more often than not, if you talk about Webb's depth of knowledge like a, like a teacher nerd, um, your students are going to look at you and say, yeah, you're kind of silly. Why, why does this all matter? Well, what I've found that's helped out with going up the chain of depth of knowledge is asking questions that go up the, the chain of depth of knowledge without them even thinking it. And what the beautiful thing about depth of knowledge and what that does is that it makes lessons and concepts and, and what they have learned stick with them. That's a really cool thing to notice as well. So a basic um, level one or, or recall version of a question you could ask. So this is something you're just learned today. The students may not have learned ever before or they don't have a really good understanding of it. Um, you just have them uh, define or, or draw or identify what they've learned today. Or it's the who, what, when, where, and why. So, you know, simple things that they go along with recall. The next part of that is where they're kind of working on the skill, right? They have the cause and effect. How does it relate? Graph it. Um, use context clues. Predict. I mean, again, they're, they're working. They're starting to slowly work with the concept. Then you go up to level three, which is you're going to revise, critique. You're going to sort of start making it on your own, making it your own. That's what I'm trying to say. Trying to cite evidence and, and put your own thought into it. Then, of course, level four is to uh, prove and to show uh, what that concept can be with your strengths and weaknesses. So it's really cool uh, to see this, and it really makes concepts stick because the student is getting to where they are unfamiliar with it, and they're leading up to the point to where they're making it into their own thoughts and have a clear understanding enough to do that. So that's really cool. And my last couple points here is all about the students. Again, we're in a pandemic. If you're listening to this in future years and you're wondering why are we talking about a pandemic or you know, why, why is this thing? Well, currently when this is being recorded, that's what we're in. We're in a pandemic. And one of the most important things is to be a good listener to your students. Um, the past couple of weeks here as a teacher, we've had uh, one full week of snow where we didn't have school at all. And then today we had a remote learning day due to flooding. So we've had a pretty crappy couple of weeks here in regards to weather. And of course, with the, with, the, with the flooding and with the snow, there's been power outages. And again, those safety needs and those uh, physiological needs of the students have been gone. So when they get back to school, they're still kind of worrying about power and physiological needs and safety needs. And again, we're trying to continue and, and keep cultivating that safe learning environment. But again, it goes back to those physiological needs. If the student still is worried about that, don't expect a lot of learning to occur. It's just the reality of, of what we're in. So sometimes you just have to be a good listener. What I mean by that, there was a student uh, in one of the co-teaching classes I'm in who just needed to talk. <laughs> and we talked for maybe a good 10, 20 minutes, and he got out of his system. After that, we got into some education. We learned and and so, again, if, if a student's worried about something that's going to affect their education, such as what they're going home to, 
uh, it's going to not allow them to be the best learner that they can be. So it's best, it's good to be a good listener and ask them good questions that, that allows them to get out what they need to get out so that they can learn to the best of their ability. And now here's my last point for, for today is, uh, you know, realistically in school and in college, they, they want you to go from bell to bell. And that's always been kind of a hard thing for me to do. And I think that's been a hard thing for a lot of educators. And realistically, we try to go bell to bell, but that's not always a reality. So one thing that I've found that's, that's had success is uh, students are always wanting to, wanting to connect. Again, you're, you're the teacher. You, you can help them learning. But again, you need to be someone who helps them find out about themselves. So you can do a lot of getting to know you activities toward at the end where it's kind of fun, it's not specifically learning-based, but they're learning about themselves, so it makes it personal. We can also play some types of games that they enjoy. Now, one thing that my class loves to do is play the game Hangman. So if you're familiar with that, you have a word or phrase or person, place, or thing, and students make that up. And, of course, if you get it wrong, you have a little guy uh, hanging, <laughs> a little cartoon version of it. So it's kind of morbid, but kind of not. Uh, but anyways, uh, my students like this uh, because it's a fun game, right? But what they don't realize is, is that it helps them with their spelling. So I have a couple students in my resource uh, social studies class that, that struggle a little bit with spelling. And ironically, those two students love to play hangman. Whether they know it or not, their spelling has actually improved dramatically because of that. And they have more confidence, maybe in just in my class, but they have more confidence in spelling. And so they play it. We play it every single day and they love it and the class loves it, but it helps them uh, spell and also understand what they're doing. So, again, not every, you know, not every second of the day has to be uh, filled with learning because you can always play a game like this and it helps them in other classes. Uh, so, you know, next time you have a, a couple students who struggle with spelling, go ahead and play hangman at the end of the class because it's helping them spell better. They're also having a heck of a lot of fun because it's a game. So those are my five key points that I wanted to go over this week uh, for Classroom Chatter. Again, I don't have a guest this week, but I wanted to go over some things that I learned that might be helpful to you, whether you're a new teacher, prospective teacher, or a veteran teacher who listens to this podcast. So those are my five points I would love to hear out from the teachers that I listen to or prospective students that I listen to. Um, and I'd love to hear what you guys have learned throughout this, but specifically for education. And uh, with that being said, that's all I have for you today. Again, uh, please spread this podcast to um, other listeners. Uh, again, I'm trying to make this a free and affordable, free and affordable form of professional development and i think it's been a blast to record and do um, and i've learned a lot this year and it's helped me exponentially as a first year educators so with that being said everyone have a wonderful day and thank you for listening